We have e-check on the agenda again on Today in Ohio. It's something that we seem to talk about quite a bit and nothing ever changes. It is Today in Ohio, the news podcast discussion from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. I'm Chris Quinn here with Layla Tassi, Laura Johnston, and Lisa Garvin. And let's get to it. Northeast Ohio hates e-check. Lawmakers love to complain about e-check. Every year or so, we report on the latest effort to get rid of e-check, and we still have e-check. So let's do it one more time, Laura. <laughs> Who's pushing to get rid of it now? Uh, U.S. Representative Bill Romer from Summit County is the latest to put together a bipartisan coalition to try to get rid of this. But And Sean Brennan from Parma is also on board. There, There's not really anything we can do. This is a federal program. There are no waivers to this program. That doesn't stop us from complaining about it. And I, I will take issue. You said nothing ever changes. When I was a kid, we had to pay for it. Now it's free to the drivers. The state pays $11 million. So we just have to have the hassle of going in every two years. And What do you mean when you and, were and a it, kid? This only started well, 27 years ago. Right. I, I remember doing it when I drove my 1988 uh, GMC Sierra trusty, rusty truck. And I remember having to go get a new gas cap for it. And I had to pay for that. Wow. So at least you don't have to pay for it anymore. And you only have to do it if your car is four years old to 25 years old. So if you drive a 1988 GMC Sierra now, you don't have to get it e-checked. The, the, it's been free for quite some time, though. That's not a recent change. That was people... No, but it's something... At, uh, yes, yeah, at some point it changed. Uh, the, the thing is, I've lived in states that don't have inspections, and there are, seem to be a lot more rust buckets running around with big smoke coming out of their tailpipes. And you don't really see a lot of that in Ohio. You don't, you don't see the blue line of smoke from people burning oil. And I've got to think that e-check is part of the reason for that. Because if you're emitting stuff that you're not supposed to emit, they catch it and you don't pass. And it's not all that inconvenient. Every two years, you have to drive to a station where they you take I, it's, it's, I just did it yesterday. I went to the one in Euclid. You drive through. You don't even get out of your car. I mean, you know, and they turn it on and off in a couple times. And actually, they have a kiosk there now where you can renew your license right there at the e-check place yeah i just yeah it's it's no pain it's no more painful than an oil change it, like right. it's less painful than less, an oil change. it takes less time so I, that's the thing i don't get is the lawmakers this is a regular thing they harumph harumph we got to get rid of e-check e-check's bad and it's not that bad so what, what is this just because they have nothing better to do so that they well, rail Bill, against e-check Bill romer says it's the number two complaint to his office number one is of course taxes but i guess if, if you are trying to pay attention to what your constituents want, sure. But the thing is that we still don't have great air in Northeast Ohio. And that's what the EPA is, EPA is saying. You are on a moderate bad, basically. And if we get more severe, like if we go to seri more serious like in 2024, we could actually get more restrictions put on us. So it'd be one thing if we had great clean air. But if we don't, like, let's keep working on that. I have a hard time believing this is the number two source of complaints to really? his office. I mean, come on. It's not that big a deal. You know, one time... People need to start complaining about redistricting. One time I got a, a notice in the mail that said that I had passed an e-check based on some reading that was done on at a mobile unit that they had set up on the side of the, like, the highway on-ramp. Has anyone ever gotten one of those before? How no, is that no, even possible? No. I don't know, but it, it I, I swear to God, that's, that's what this, this notice said, that it didn't have to go into e-check because I happened to pass by one of these mobile units that 
detected it already. Oh, oh, oh it's a, yeah, it's an onboard diagnostics reader. Um, I didn't know they put them on the side of the road. They do have one at the e-check place where I went, where you don't even have to go through the garage. You can just do it yourself. Huh. Interesting. I, no, I had not heard of that. Anyway, it's back in the uh, in the wind, and it's not going to happen. There you go. You're listening to Today in Ohio. Joe Blystone won a bunch of counties in the Republican primary election for governor in Ohio last year, so his endorsement in the next race for governor in 2026 could matter. Lisa, who is he already backing? Yeah, Blystone, if you remember, he wore a cowboy hat and had a big gray beard. He was he was quite the outsider candidate for governor last year. He's a Canal Winchester area farmer, and he carried 23 mostly rural counties in the primary last year. He is endorsing Matt Mayer for governor in 2026. Mayer is a Columbus man. He's a conservative policy researcher with Opportunity Ohio. He is a first-time candidate. His agenda includes eliminating the state income tax, shutting down Jobs Ohio, the nonprofit economic development uh, state agency, and he wants the legislature to meet for six months every two years instead of annually. Now, Blystone, as you remember, you know, he did win a few counties. He also garnered a million dollars in contributions and a lot of grassroots support, but he can't run for office for five years after settling campaign finance violations. But he said that he is committed to getting everyone who voted for him to support mayor in 2026. He believes mayor can bridge the gap between me, meaning Blystone and Jim Renacci voters to secure a win for Ohio. Yeah, I think Blystone probably did well because of the anti-DeWine vote that was out there. I'm not sure that that would be in in the air again in three years. Mike DeWine won't be on the ballot. But the idea of having the legislature meet for six months every two years, that's a great idea. Actually, if they could do Texas does that. That's what Florida did, too, when I was there, Mm -hmm. I think. But I prefer six weeks. Come back every two years, do a bunch of stuff for six weeks and go away instead (laughs) of doing all of the nonsense they do the rest of the time. I, I don't get why you would want to close down Jobs Ohio, though. I mean, that they, yeah. they have a record now of doing some pretty, pretty good economic development efforts. They're still too secretive, but why, I don't get why you would shut that down. Do you not want economic development in Ohio? Yeah, he didn't say. And, and you know, we really don't know where he's coming from, referring to Mr. Mayor. I mean, we know these few things about him, but we I guess we'll have to learn more about his politics. But, you know, as you said, Blystone actually kind of rode the anti-COVID wave, you know, um, and he got garnered a lot of support from people who were against COVID restrictions and anti-vaxxers. Right. Uh, And that probably will not be a wave in three years. Very early to be endorsing a candidate, but he did. You're listening to Today in Ohio. We've asked repeatedly on this podcast where Mike DeWine is on the Cleveland Summer of Crime. He's been to East Palestine multiple times, but we've had nary a word from him about our gun violence and car theft issues in Cleveland. Layla, is that about to change? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Today we are expecting a visit from the governor to discuss initiatives to fight the city's violent crime which has included carjackings and a homicide rate that threatens to surpass the high point of of 192 from a few years back. There will be a press conference at 3 p.m. at the city's fourth police district on Kinsman featuring the governor. And believe it or not, DeWine plans to unveil what he's referring to as his Cleveland Violent Crime Initiative, 
which will direct greater state resources to the city for safer streets. Earlier this summer, he ordered troopers with the Ohio State Highway Patrol to help police with traffic enforcement. That role has since expanded as the state office as state officers are working on criminal cases now. But Mayor Justin Bibb has asked the governor's office for more help. So we'll find out at 3 p.m. what that could look like. Yeah, I hope he's going to really drill into actual things he's doing to stop the car thefts, the Kia and Hyundai thefts and reduce gun violence. I hope it's not, hey, I've been a great governor. I've worked on a bunch of things. We need concrete steps because Cleveland can't handle this itself. But he's doing it. So, you know, we've we've repeatedly asked, where is he? This is a very good sign that he's coming. We'll know more at three o'clock. Yeah, I mean, you can deploy a legion of law enforcement officers to the city, but gun violence will remain one of our most intractable problems. And we're not going to arrest our way out of it. I mean, that's because cities are, you know, that are grappling with these high rates of violence have, have some things in common, poverty and limited opportunities. Those factors contribute to hopelessness and hopelessness contributes to people engaging in criminal behavior. And that leads to violence. So I just don't see DeWine bringing anything to the table to address those underlying causes of violence. So I hope, I don't know. I would also say broken family units, too, would be a big, you know, because kids who don't have direction from their parents or only have one parent, you know, in their lives, you know, turn to gangs and, and you know, for belonging. Well, broken families I, is also a symptom of poverty and hopelessness. I do I do think, though, on the car thefts, the, the evidence is pretty clear that you have a small group of people that are doing most of those. And if you can concentrate some attention of getting them off the street. You just may be able to block it. We talked earlier this week that through the first six months of this year, we have twice as many car thefts as we did in the first six months of last year. That's a crisis that has to be dealt with. You are listening to Today in Ohio. We've talked about the spotted lanternfly a few times on this podcast as it increases its harmful presence in Northeast Ohio, but we now we have a new scourge in an invasive species. Laura, what is it and how might the lanternfly actually help fight it? I had never heard of a tree of heaven. I mean, it sounds heavenly, right? Had you ever heard of this? No, no. But, I, but I've seen them. I mean, I, as soon as I saw this story, it's like, oh, is that what that is? Because it pops up everywhere and it grows so fast. Right. It's like a Marvel comic book villain. So it's this, it is the preferred plant host of the lanternfly, which kills all sorts of trees, like, and grapes and apples and, and crops like that. So if we can get the lanternfly on this tree of heaven, then we'll be doing something good because this tree grows rapidly up to 15 feet in a year. It reaches a height of 80 feet and a single tree can shed 350,000 seeds in a year. It sends out toxin through its root system, poisons nearby trees and plants. And when you chop down the tree rather than dying, it signals to this extensive root system to send up tons of tiny little sucker trees up to 50 feet away from the parent tree. Like, so you can't really, it's really hard to kill. And if you find it in your yard, which you could because it's so prolific, you're supposed to dig it up, put it in a trash bag and send it to the landfill because you do not want this in your compost or in, you know, your yard waste. Yeah. I look, it's been popping up. Uh, I've seen it all the time. And for neighbors who don't get rid of it quick, if you don't pull it up when you first spot it, it's amazing how big it gets in one season. I mean, it literally gets to be eight, 10, 12 feet big. 
Um, and, and it's ugly and it's in, it's, it's insidious. It's everywhere, but the spotted lanternfly kills it. So it's a, you got a quandary there. Do we want the spotted lanternfly after all to kill this terrible thing that is wrecking our neighborhoods? Well, I think we're trying to be, no one thinks we're going to stop these things, right? We know that about invasive species. But if you are aware of what it looks like, and you can go look on cleveland.com at Susan Brownstein's story for photos, then at least you're aware of it and we can slow this down. So the Tree of Heaven leaves are smooth edges, it's similar to sumac, but it's... um sumac has jagged leaves. It's also famous for its smell. It apparently resembles rancid peanut butter, which I, I really don't know what that smells like, but generally skunky. So it smells bad. Yeah, it's another fascinating story by the gardening columnist Susan Brunstein. Check it out. It's on cleveland.com. You're listening to Today in Ohio. We ran a story over the weekend about scams. And one thing it said is that any email you get in which gift cards are your reward is 100% a scam. Except one, it turns out. We talked about it last week, but now the Better Business Bureau is on the case. Lisa, what does the agency say? Yeah, the Cleveland BBB has been getting lots of calls about this email with the title Ohio Electricity Litigation. And the, the sending address, the, you know, looks scammy too. It's rewards at rewardtremendous.com. I mean, it looks like a scam. But the BBB says this is a rare example of legitimate solicitation by a utility. So on July 31st, First Energy and Energy Harbor settled a class action lawsuit related to House Bill 6 for $49 million to be be refunded to customers. Two million customers will receive between ten and twenty dollars. I got my email over the weekend. My uh, bonus is seven dollars and eighty nine cents, and it's going to be paid via a Mastercard gift card. But these gift cards expire on the 28th of this month. So you got to, you know, get in there and get it and use it. Apparently they're also distributing these refunds via physical checks and digital payments, although I haven't seen that. Wait, so even if you get the card, it expires in three weeks, two weeks? That's correct. <laughs> yeah, when I when I filled out my thing, you know, and they sent me, your card is now active, but be aware of the expiration date. And it's August 28th in my case. You know, we need to publicize whoever the judge is who approved this deal. This is an anti-consumer deal. First Energy doesn't want to pay the money. So they create a scam-looking email that everybody questions. They use a gift card, which we've told everybody is uh, evidence of a scam. And now they have a deadline on it. That's not the way settlements are supposed to work. They took our money. They shouldn't have taken our money. They owe us the money back. They should have put it into the bills. I, what, what judge would have approved something so anti-consumer? This is all pro-First Energy. What is it about First Energy and the way it manipulates the public system? I mean, I would have preferred if they had just given me, you know, a rebate on my monthly right, bill. Right, Because, first of all, you have to carry the gift card with you. You have to know exactly how much is on it to, you know, to use it. I find like those Visa gift cards and my kids have had them. And, and it's like, if there's $4.52 on there, are you actually going to end up using it? No. Like, it's just, it's just yeah, we need, never gets We need used. to go back and take a deeper look at this and find out how this got put together. Because this is just a terrible thing for the consumer. First Energy is basically getting off scot-free. Meanwhile, the lawyers get rich with millions of dollars in their fees. Who's the judge that did this? 
It, it, no, I was just going to say, and it's a little confusing because they said my card is now active. I don't think they send me a physical card. They sent me a screenshot of a MasterCard with my name and a number on it. And they God. say you can really only use it. It's best used for online purchases instead of like, you know, at a store. Wow. So it's confusing. So, yeah, it's just, this is bad policy. You're listening to Today in Ohio. One of the co-founders of the Heartless Felons, a gang that wreaked havoc in Cleveland and in state prisons and juvenile lockups for years, claimed to be reformed a few years ago. Layla, why is he going back to prison then? Well, we're talking about Dante Ferguson. He was one of the co-founders of this gang. He and Antonio Peterson founded in the early 2000s inside the state's juvenile prisons. And since then, authorities linked the group to a bunch of violent crimes, murders, shootings, armed carjackings, all sorts of things. Ferguson has been convicted for armed robbery and for his role in the gang. He also threatened a Cleveland police gang detective. And he served three years in prison from 2014 to 2017 for that and for gun possession. But after he was released, as you said, he claimed to have left behind that lifestyle. So for a while, he worked at a nightclub and then he started a business buying and rehabbing houses and cars. Then, unfortunately for Ferguson, Cleveland police working with the FBI stumbled on an incriminating video on Instagram in September of 2021 during an investigation into the heartless felons. And the video showed Ferguson firing guns at a shooting range in Parma with his felony record. He's not supposed to be handling firearms like that. So he tried to persuade U.S. District Judge Pamela Barker of how sorry he is and that he made a great mistake by doing this. She sentenced him to three years in federal prison, followed by three years of probation. But it could have been worse. The sentencing guidelines started four years and three months, so she did throw him some mercy here. I don't know. It seems stiff to me. It seems like a year in prison would have mm-hmm. been an appropriate yeah. punishment. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, since since claiming to have left the gang, he has you know been shot and run off the road by someone shooting a gun into the air. So, so that kind of begs the question of whether he's still involved with the heartless felons despite his claims. But if he really has tried to live a law-abiding life, It's too bad that he ended up with another few years behind bars for this, because that's going to make it much harder to continue on that path once he's released, don't you think? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I read this is based just on our story is way too stiff a sentence, um, given what he did. I mean, he needs to be pay penalty, but three years is a long time, and and he'll be in prison where the heartless felons ran rampant. He could be in danger there. Right. Right. That's true. I'm sure he's well known. Um, right. So, you know, he might have to be in solitary for those three years. You're listening to Today in Ohio. We started this summer with drought, but it certainly feels like the last few weeks we have gotten way more rain than we're used to. Laura, what do the numbers show? Yeah, we are like double what we normally are for August and July. And August is not over yet, even, even though school's starting back up. So, we and, and the rain has been very heavy at times. If you remember that time that the road by the airport was flooded and they canceled some flights because it came down so fast, I think two inches in an hour. That was July sixth, July twentieth. That was one point nine one inches. So July had six point seven five inches of rain at Cleveland Hopkins Airport, three point oh eight inches above normal. Rain on 16 separate days. And then in August through Monday, we had 2.79 inches of rain. That's 1.17 inches above normal. And seven of the last nine days, we've had some rain. So combined, we're talking for these two months, 9.5 inches of rain. 
and that's 4.25 inches above normal. And that came after our 21-day stretch in late May and early June of beautiful, sunny, although some wildfire days thrown in there. We, what's odd about this is, we, and we talked about this, that it's been a fairly pleasant summer. We've had a lot of nice mm-hmm. days. It, this rainfall has been concentrated in Florida-style downpours. I mean, we had one Saturday, or two on Saturday, where you couldn't see out your window, really, because the rain was falling so hard. So we're getting those inches in pretty concentrated time slots. Right. And that's rough on everything, all of our infrastructure, all the crops. Think about it. We've had at least two times that the sewer overflow pipe at Edgewater went off. I think it was in a very short succession. Then you can't swim at those beaches because there's poop in the water, basically. It's bad for the crops because it runs everything off, all the fertilizer. You can see it in the the ground or, you know, if you've just put down mulch, it just like washes it all away. It's so heavy that it's, it's, it's hard to for the ground to absorb it so fast. And so this is hard on, on a lot of things. Basements, lots and (laughs) lots of flooded basements, including mine. Yeah. Monday there were, there were plumbers all through my neighborhood. It seemed like trying to help people with water in their basements from the downpours of Saturday. Well, check out the story. It's all added up there and it's not your imagination. We've had a lot of rain. You're listening to today in Ohio. It's not just rainfall that's up. Gas prices are soaring as well. Lisa, what's the picture for Northeast Ohio? Yeah, my gosh. I mean, just in the last week, the AAA report says the gas went up 20 cents a gallon on average in Ohio in just the last week. I have a get-go right at the end of my street, and I watch the prices. So the average now is $3.63, almost 64 cents a gallon. It was Three dollars and forty-three cents just last week, but it's a little bit lower, a little bit higher than just a year ago. A year ago, at this time, gas was averaging three dollars and sixty-two cents. AAA says that higher demand and tight supply are to blame. Uh, national gasoline demand jumped from eight point eight four million barrels a day to 9.3 million barrels a day in just one week. Crude prices are staying above $80 a barrel. And there are other things, global things going on. Saudi Arabia just extended their oil production cuts earlier this month for at least another four weeks. That was a cut of a million million barrels a day in production. Russia is planning to cut oil exports by 300,000 barrels a day in September, according to Reuters. So it looks like more high gas prices on the horizon. It's interesting that it's happening at the end of the traditional vacation season. Mm -hmm. Normally you'd see those prices rise as people are going on long trips, but they're pretty much over because the kids are heading back to school. And if you live in Portage County, that's the lowest price in the area at $3.59. Geauga County is actually the highest at $3.69. Okay. You're listening to Today in Ohio. Layla, what is an immaculate grid, and why is it hot for people who follow the Guardians? Well, it sounds like it's a hot thing for all baseball fans who know a ton about the history of the sport. 
Immaculate Grid is an online game that is a cross between fantasy baseball and grid games like Wordle or Sudoku. They, they post a new grid every morning and users put the name of a player in each cell in the grid that matches criteria for the corresponding rows and columns. And, and the objective is to choose the most obscure answer that others would be less likely to choose, but that they fill the criteria. So for example, I made my husband Marty do this yesterday because <laughs> he's like a baseball savant. So the criteria for one square asked for a player who played for the Orioles and also got over 3,000 career hits. And Marty knew that the most popular choice would be Cal Ripken. So instead, he chose Rafael Palmero, and it turned out only 9% of people playing picked him. So that improved Marty's rarity score. That's what you're aiming for is good rarity score. The lower, the better. So most of the criteria are teams. So that means you really have to think about the players who played for multiple teams in their careers. And uh, anyway, this, this game was designed by 29-year-old Brian Minter, a software developer in Atlanta, who sold it to Baseball Reference for an undisclosed sum of money. So good for him. <laughs> So your husband did well on it then? He did okay. I mean, I don't know. It, his score was like over 100. So that's not great. I think, you know, the really good scores are like 60 something. Um, and I was surprised he said he, because he, 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 you know, became addicted to Wordle and is very good at those kinds of things. And he loves baseball. So I thought this was going to, you know, be his latest obsession. But he was like, meh, at the end of it. Uh, so I'm Is not it sure. free? It, it is free. Yeah, it does look like it's free. Mm-hmm. I question, does does everyone on this podcast, did they play Wordle? Do they still play Wordle? I still play Wordle. I completely dropped no, off. I have four different versions of it. I do every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. Occasionally. Yeah. I'm more of a jumble and crossword kind of gal. Huh. No, I, I. that's one of my little amusements to start the day. All right, you're listening to Today in Ohio, and we've gone short. But before this podcast started, Layla and Laura were having a spirited conversation about a topic that has been the subject of spirited conversations previously, Cedar Point, where Layla spent the day earlier this week. And they're talking about how important it is that you get your gold pass now. Layla, Laura, take it away. Well, the gold pass. Go ahead, Laura. Yeah. I was just asking Layla because I saw it advertised the $99 gold pass again. And the, the great part about it, I haven't had one for a couple of years, is if I get it now, we can use it through the Halloween weekend season mm-hmm. in the fall and then all next year. And it does include the water park and it does include free parking. So I've got to ask my kids if that's a Christmas present they want. They are still not riding roller coasters, but who knows by yes. next summer. And the gold pass will significantly increase their likelihood of becoming roller coaster junkies. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so we went on Monday and first of all, $99 gold pass is such a value. It's it's worth every penny. But Because you can go anytime you want yeah. as much yeah, as you want. Yeah, it's great because yeah. you can even go for the evening and spend a couple hours there. Mm-hmm. You don't feel pressure to spend the whole day. Um and you can go to the beach because they have a really nice that beach is there true. too. But so we went Monday and for the first time, my older kids and my husband and I, we all rode Steel Vengeance. I know this coaster has been around for a while, but oh my God, it is, it is, it has got to be the best coaster in the world. It is so awesome. Laura, have you ever ridden it? Oh no, my, no. you got to put it on your list. It is so fun. I can't describe how amazing this ride is. It's so smooth, so fast, 
And they it, it turns you, it takes you on these barrel rolls that are so fun. And the reason it's so exhilarating is because you're not wearing a shoulder harness. It has a lap harness. So it's it's uh, you feel very secure in your nope. seat, but your nope. arms are out there. <laughs> your upper body and you are it is it is such a well-designed coaster. Uh, you you were also talking about fast a pass. Fast pass. All right. So while we were waiting for this roller coaster and after we experienced how fun it was, we waited about two hours to get on it. And we saw these people flying by in the fast pass lane. And my husband asked me, like, do you think it might be worth it one day to spring for the fast pass? So we look it up on our phone. 160 bucks a person per day. It's not that's not for the season. That's for one single day of riding. And it, that's in addition to your cost of admission. That's like the cost of a vacation. <laughs> yeah, when you put four, four people, people on there. there. Right. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, but we toiled over it because we kept seeing like people just riding Steel Vengeance over and over again in the time that we spent. But but curiously, there were some rides, Steel Vengeance being one of them, that they still have, the fast pass lane still has like a half hour wait. So it's not as fast oh, wow. as you would like. And I wonder if they're overselling uh, the number of passes in the park because I, I wouldn't be satisfied having to wait a half hour when I bought when I paid 160 bucks for that pass. So I'm curious to know what what I listeners see, you know send me an email. <laughs> Let me know if it's worth it. I want to know did you did you ride the top thrill too? No, because th that hasn't opened yet. They, they're working on that for next oh. for next year. Okay, we just got a sneak peek of it. Okay, there you go. Another conversation about Cedar Point by our roller coaster junkies. <laughs> That's it for the Wednesday episode of Today in Ohio. Thanks, Layla. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks to everybody who listens. Layla will be off tomorrow and Courtney will be here. They swapped days this week. That's why we had a special Wednesday appearance of Layla. Come on back for the conversation tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>